Hola, listeners. Welcome to the Adventure Seed Podcast, a random roller podcast where every show is different. I'm Whitney. And I'm Heather. Out of 20 possibilities, we rolled for a technical specifications manual, and I correctly guessed that Whitney would pick Millennium Falcon for today's adventure. <laughs> I had to. Uh, we also rolled for drinks. Heather is having a strawberry milk. I'm mixing it up right now. I know. It's the good stuff. It's the one with the little rabbit, right? Yes. We can't say names, I guess. Um, we could. Nes- Nesquik, Nesquik, please support us. Give us yes. some money. We will, or just, just packages of cocoa mix and yeah. stuff. We'll, we'll, we're down for that. And I'm having cherry moonshine and cherry moonshine or moonshine cherries yes. in Coca-Cola. So stick around to see what chaos we have today. feelings about this book about this book i was really really excited because when we did the text back choice last time it was your pick yeah and so it was really actually fun and exciting that we rolled it for my little role and you let me pick um because i really wanted the millennium falcon in fact i had prepped and i'd i'd bought these when we bought the USS Enterprise, like yes. right after that episode, and I was like, this is so exciting. I hope that one day in the future we roll it. And we did. And, oh, wow. There is a huge difference. That yeah. kitty agrees. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are your thoughts and feelings? I now understand why Han Solo doesn't fix anything the way that it should be fixed. And he kind of piecemeals all of his shit back together because if this is the manual he has to use to fix his ship, it would never fly. No. I mean, in real life, also in in universe. Yeah. And we can touch on that in a minute. <laughs> I this was a really difficult read. It was very challenging. It wasn't the not in the same way that USS Enterprise was, because that was actually very enjoyable at the end. I was pleasantly mm-hmm. surprised. I learned a lot. It was fun reading it. Yeah. Um, there was some stuff that was definitely over my head. And when Garen and our friend Jason were, like, telling us things that they loved the most mm-hmm. about the Enterprise, it kind of went over my head in some points, you know? This, it doesn't go over my head. It, it It's written in, you know, legalese and mathalese and all that lovely jargon and technology but it just was awful it was boring it was yeah well and i boring i looked up um because this this manual is under the name of haynes and i thought that sounded familiar but i'd never read this manual before and i found out that haynes is a very well-known manual writer for like cars motorcycles like historically going back decades oh wow that's what they do um and this book i was struggling to get through it as as you did and so i took a shortcut and i went to the reviews section of some of my favorite book sites and um i found out that this although it has the haynes logo on it um they just kind of like paid money to to slap that on there it is through haynes publishing they put it out but um 
cars were getting a lot more advanced and people weren't fixing their cars at home. This makes more sense. And so Haynes needed to make some money and they threw together a Millennium Falcon manual. And um, the, the chatter on the internet was that this was not as technical as a Haynes manual usually is. People that bought this that love the Haynes brand of manuals were disappointed by the lack of specificity in this book. Well, that that brings a good point then, because the USS Enterprise tech spec manual was written by super fans, like people like me and you and... And wasn't one of the co-editors someone that actually worked on the show? Yeah. Yeah. So there was a lot of love and heart poured into that book. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what translated through... I, I say story loosely because I understand that it is a manual at the end of the day, but it's just—it's still telling us a story. Yeah, the just story of in, the ship. Correct, and I, this was written clearly by is a Lucasfilm produced book, and now that I know the thing about the Haynes, it makes mm-hmm. it even more official. To their credit, though, even in universe, the YT thirteen hundred. Was constantly in disrepair because the their own original tech spec manuals that went out were wrong. Yeah. They were sabotaged. They were corporate espionage. It wasn't even real. It was... It, these, they, a lot of them were... What is it called when it's a theor- concept car? Like a concept yes. car. Yes. It was their concept of what the YT-1300 would be. Or 12, 1200 would be. Mm-hmm. So... I understand why there's not, like, why they have lack of specificity, mm-hmm. which is such a good word, by the way. Uh, kudos for that <laughs> word usage. Nice vocabulary. It's almost yeah, like you... Apparently, in the real <laughs> Haynes man- manuals, um, like, instead of just giving you a diagram of, like, here's where all these parts and pieces are, the Haynes manuals actually tell you, like, step one, take this apart, step two, so that you can actually replace that part on your car. So this is literally just the sticker. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that does make me feel a little bit better, but I want to take I want to take this book and pair it with something real world as well because as D and D players, mm-hmm. we love a good backstory. Oh yeah, especially you as a DM or GM. You're not just into dungeons. No, I like games in general. Yeah, so GMs and players alike, we love really good backstories mm-hmm. and. What they did try to capture in a very technical way, and I think this is where they made the mistake, was they tried to capture the backstory in a tech manual. Yes. And this is, this, the Millennium Falcon, or Wayward Son, or what were some of the other ones? Fickle Flyer? Yes. Uh, So many great names. (laughs) Like, it was just hard to capture all of that magnificent and beauty in some black and white pictures, you know? What I did gain from that little, those little historical tidbits that they shared was that none of these worked well. The fact that Han Solo got anything at all out of his was apparently a miracle. Yeah, they, they were made to be heavily modded, heavily customized. Mm -hmm. It was very much, I think they set out to be like the Honda Civic or the Honda Accord and eh, it was a little bit more lemony than, than that. I mean, to be fair to them, again, it was all about the corporate espionage. Mm-hmm. There, there were so many instances throughout the history of the Corellian cor- cor- Corporation. Yes, Corellian Corporation. Something. Yep. They, 
they just they they had a rough go at it. Corellia is a shipbuilding planet. Like that's their main export. Corellian Engineering Corporation. Engineering Corporation. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I knew it was CEC. I just couldn't figure out what the word for them. But Corellia is just that's what they do. They build ships, and so what I found really awesome and throughout this book, and throughout Wikipedia and Star Wars fandom, you can see that they they really value the the armor. Mm-hmm. This is one of the most durable ship companies, shipbuilding companies in the world, shipbuilding planet in the world. These are made for harsh, extreme environments. And smugglers, they need that. Yeah. If you're doing some crazy stuff like Lando and you're doing some crazy stuff like... Who are some of the other people? We've got... We've got... The last person... Raltier? I don't know. What page are you He on? named it Stellar Envoy and it was piloted by Tobe Jadak. 31. I've been playing in a Star Wars RPG game. So you've gotten excellent at these Some of these, Some of these pronunciations, and like Narshada, love Narshada now because I am a smuggler pilot myself. Thank you. Nice. A twee. So it's been so much fun playing that. And so like it's been playing in the game, flying ships in game, mm-hmm. learning some of the actual words and seeing, because I'm a bookworm who generally doesn't look up pronunciations I kind of fell at that and so I have all these glorious pronunciations in my head as you all have laughed at before <laughs> and this is one of them I would have never gotten to Narsh at all no I definitely wouldn't have no nah. but it was it's been fun so like in for the research for this book I've read I've read things I've watched things I've listened to things mm-hmm. and I just just finished watching Hans or Solo I haven't seen it yet the story I'm not going to ruin anything for you. But when one of the guys was like, oh, I'm going to go for the ventral gun. I was like, I know what that means. Nice. <laughs> I can point it out on the map. Well, and that was another, that was another um, criticism that reviews had of this book is that it only really takes into account a lot of the episode four through six stuff related to the Millennium Falcon specifically. Correct. It does not go into a lot of the expanded universe for the YT-1300, other than just mentioning, hey, there's other YT-1300s, hey, there's other pilots. Ooh, that moonshine's doing you some favors. Oh my goodness. I, <laughs> I wish y'all cherry. could see her face right now. I ate a cherry, and it was nice. <laughs> but yeah, so one Ooh, of the complaints that. is that it, it doesn't address a lot of the expanded universe. I do think it's funny. Like, <laughs> you know when your friend or your mom or your parent or co-worker knows that you really like something mm-hmm. and they are trying really hard to have a conversation with you and they do minimal research they go to wikipedia not even that but like they've they've picked up a book off the shelf and they didn't really read the book oh, they're yeah. just looking at the book and they're, they're like, they skim through and they're trying to talk to you. That's what this book is like. Oh, okay. Yeah, I understand that metaphor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, they are trying to say it as though it is a real ship. And it is a real ship in our hearts and minds, I understand. But, like, they've got steals. And they're like, after infiltrating the Death Star battle station, Han Solo and Chewbacca agree to help Luke Skywalker rescue a captive princess. And it, like, is showing you as a way to, like, incorporate that into that the like story me. and manual. When a student comes to me and they're like, hey, have you ever listened to so-and-so rap artist? And behind my computer where they can't see me, I quickly type the name in and do a Google search. And I'm like, yeah. 
aren't they who sings blah 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 and it's whatever their number one top hit comes up on google and the kid's like oh she likes them <laughs> and i'm like yeah have you ever done that on your smart board no i got caught no <laughs> But now that I've said that, you're gonna, you're, it's either gonna happen or you're gonna be hyper aware. <laughs> the good news is I'm a virtual teacher now. There is no more smart board. Whoop, whoop, whoop. I just have to make sure I'm not sharing my screen. True. Uh, but now that I've planted that little seed, knock on wood. I know. I hope I don't mess it up. <laughs> so, I'll get caught one day. I will say this though something that people, and, and myself included, might be giving Haynes a little bit of a hard time over is this is a workshop manual. Like, mm-hmm. it's not the actual. Beck. Right. Where the this Star is Trek it, was. This is the Bible. This is a thing. This is supposed to be what's in the mechanics toolbox yes. or easily accessible to them. So it's supposed to be a little bit looser, a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, layperson. A mechanic is not going to care about the history of the ship. No. Uh, but I did like that they did give us some background on Lando mm-hmm. and Han. And I knew I knew all of it about Han. But I didn't know some of it about Lando. What so that some was super surprising fun. things about Lando that you um, I did not understand that he had the, uh, and this is gonna, this might revoke or maybe put like a ding on my nerd card, but I didn't know that he was a used ship salesman. I didn't either. Did you? No. I mean, like, legit, he has Doesn't like a used car sales. not me at all about Lando, because... <laughs> I mean, he's a little greasy, but in a good way. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, the greasy, like, how all car smells ones are. Right. You know, the greasy palm, like, here, you know, like, it's just, god dang. But, they, they make, they're I love Kando. They're making a new, um, Orlando. show about Lando at some point, aren't they? That's been the rumors for a while. Maybe we'll see him selling It'd be really amazing. I mean, Billy, yeah. Have you met him? I haven't. He's cool. He's a crotchy old bastard, but he's cool as hell. I love him. <laughs> I love him. It was so much fun. Uh, Billy D. Williams. Okay. My nerd card doing number two. No judgment. (laughs) Uh, so. I can't judge any nerd cards because I made it to like page 12 of this book and hit the Reddit reviews and the Goodread reviews. It was really, it was, it was a really hard read. Um, but I do want to mention the fact, oh, I just kicked the table. So I'm sorry if that hurt ears. Um, the. I've said already that the Carillion's name is synonymous for durability and quality, much like some of the other cars, like Subaru mm-hmm. or Toyota or anything like that. And I love that he was a used car salesman, so, essentially. And then I also really liked that when Han got it, so there were a lot of modifications, a lot of things had been changed and made and done. And Lando did a lot of the work. Like, Lando put in a lot of modifications mm-hmm. for running and outrunning. He did a lot of good work with the Falcon. Lando got his hands on it, and it just doesn't look the same. It doesn't look the same. When we see Han Solo, for instance, in Solo, or Solo movie, it, like, it's gleaming and shiny and beautiful, shiny even though, because he's redone it. Yeah. It, it wasn't new. It right. was 90 it's, years old, I think, at that point, or 70 years old at that point. It's new. It was six years old by Han Solo point. Okay. Um, because I think they say it's 90 years old at the end of A New Hope, like Battle of Yavin. Yavin? Oh, okay. Or Yavin. Yavin. I don't know. I, I know it's the Battle of the Death Star, but yeah. I can't remember I think how to Yavin, pronounce Yavin. it's like near Yavin 4 or something. Okay. So, um, I know that at that point, it's around 70, 80, 90, depending on which tech spec manual you yeah. look at. In this one, it makes it look like it's 60 before the battle, but I think that... 
many nerds have contested that. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a lot wanna... of back and forth on the Reddit. There was, which is why I was saying like you know Haynes couldn't do specificity. Polite nerd arguments on Reddit's about niche nerd things like the Millennium Falcon Tech Manual or any niche nerd. They're my favorite thing to read on Reddit. I never interact with them. I never post. You're a lurker, though. I am such a lurker. I've had a Reddit account for almost seven years now, and I've never posted a single time, but I've read so much. Do you upvote things nope. and give nope. points or karma or something? I don't know I don't. I don't want my name associated anywhere, like, even my screen name. Like, I just, I lurk, and I read, and I enjoy. I don't even share it to my other social medias. It's like my own secret. That's your guilty pleasure. That's my guilty pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. I I have a Reddit account, and I'm on there. I'm on there. I, I look at stuff, and it's not that I'm a lurker because I'm not. I'm just, I don't remember Reddit exists until I need something, and then I'm gone again. You know, so oh, I'm like a, I'm a swoop place. in and swoop out kind of I'm on there so often that it, like, push notifications to my phone. 40 or 50 times a day. And like, you just lurk. And that I just is lurk. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so all you Redditors out there, <laughs> just that someone's watching you. <laughs> probably creeping on your posts and you don't even know. You don't even know about it. <laughs> but if you post in niche nerddoms, I'm there watching you. <laughs> speaking of speaking, speaking of creepy things <laughs> and lurking and being mm-hmm. technology and all that stuff, do you know what the navigation system is in the Millennium Falcon? No. I don't think you got this far into I it. I don't think I did. I got this far into it, and I was like, Psh! What is it? And I, this is another ding on my nerd card. I feel like, I, I think maybe this is why another reason why this book made me so mad. Is as dolphins and whales from Star Trek? Equally. Okay. It is the brain of three droids. Wow. And... I didn't, like, I watched this scene in Solo, and I'm not going to ruin it for you. Okay. I watched the scene in Solo and was very moved by it, but I didn't understand, like, the, mm-hmm. I watch things on books, or I, I watch things on books, I watch things on, t- on film or screen, yeah. and then the book is different to me. I, dis- I, I dissociate, disassociate the two, like, the two are separate to me. Right, right. That's why I love the Hobbit trilogy movies. Love them. I adored them. But Tolkien fans aren't supposed to. I'm a hardcore Tolkien fan. They just, <laughs> they pulled so much from the Cimmerillion. I tried to read the Cimmerillion. I've tried six times to read the Cimmerillion. I want to love the Cimmerillion as a diehard Tolkien fan, but it's just boring. I will tell you this. I've gotten it on Audible, and it's not so bad. But yeah, I it's loved, kind of interesting. I loved the lore that they pulled into the Hobbit movies. Like, I would take six more Hobbit movies. I would, too. I would take any, whatever Peter Jackson wants to give me yes. out about, about, about Tolkien stuff. I was going to say, unless it's King Kong, because I'm out. <laughs> Tolkien stuff. <laughs> we have different, we have differing opinions on King Kong, but that's a whole other show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Three droid brains. Which droid brains are essentially just like, it looks like a hard drive. So are these three droid brains like wired together into one droid brain? No, I think it's just like, it's, no, it's just uploaded. Because it, like, it looks like a hard drive. So you're essentially like plugging it in. Okay. And uploading it. And there's three different ones. There's a slicer droid, which, do you know what slicers are? Yeah. Okay. So slicer droid, there's a V5 transport droid, and there's the lovely and beautiful L3, which is Lando's. 
droid mate partner who he Aww. did many great adventures with and had so much fun. And it was sad that she didn't Aww. make it. But I love it. It was really good. You need to check it. You need to watch Solo. I'm going to watch Solo. You need to watch Solo. I know that the, the background for L3 and Lon... Or Lon... Oh my gosh, I cannot Lando? talk to you. Lando. It's I like Lon. Lon is their like romance <laughs> name. That's a great thank you for saying that. No, Hando's too. No. Hando is definitely too on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> Can we pause for everybody to collectively laugh? <laughs> okay, and back. Yeah. Um,. What was I saying before you hijacked my uh, brain with Lan- Lando? Lando, who's robot friend mate. Mm. Yeah, the in-universe AU is a little different than what happened on the solo movie, okay. like the story movie. But they both kind of got there the same, and it was a little... Some things that were Han's story got put to Lo- uh, Lon, Lando, <laughs> and vice versa. But they really are the same person now. Definitely worth watching. I wanted to ask you a question. What impact did the Millennium Falcon have on you, if any? Like, as a ship when I watched the films? I mean, whatever that means to you. Okay. Um, I'm going to go newer films. Um, when Ray is running through the desert mm-hmm. and, like, the Millennium Falcon is there for the first time. We haven't seen it since the last film came out or the last time we watched a film or whatever. That moment where it was there in all of its hunk of junk glory, um, I cried a little bit. That's what got you? Yeah. Why? I think it was the nostalgia for something old in a new franchise as it took off. Okay. So it was very much like an Easter egg. It was a good surprise. Because I, I grew up watching 4, 5, and 6 on VHS mm-hmm. before 1, 2, and 3 came out. Right. And 1, 2, and 3... There are people that love them, and there are people that don't. I'm a people that do. You are a people that don't. I, I am a people that... They were necessary for the franchise to gain new footing in a more modern world. But there are a whole lot of things I wish we could lose about those films. Yeah, I agree. Um, But but they had But left... there's the same with the original Holy Trinity for me, too. Oh, like, yeah, there's yeah. Some... You know, I mean, definitely. <laughs> definitely. I'm... I don't speak bad about the first three, but, um, yeah, no, I mean, like, any, any film franchise, there's gonna be things in retrospect where you're like, oof. Yeah. But, uh, but the, the one, two, and three left such a, a poor taste in my mouth for the direction the franchise was going, so when I went to go sit down and watch seven, it was with great hesitancy, mm-hmm. and so when I saw the Millennium Falcon there, I was like, everything's gonna be okay. Like, this series is gonna be okay and it ended up being wonderful so there are some people that don't like nine and that's fine you don't have to i like mean it. i love i love the new I, ones they didn't love the people that i've talked to didn't like nine because of the skywalker palpatine connection at the end like right. that's where they got all fanboy up in arms yeah I, i've heard like from a lot of my social circles and my research online i i find that people got really upset at eight yeah. Like, 8 was the one where they were like, not my Luke. <laughs> yeah. And, I Sorry, mean, y'all, that was totally your Luke. Yeah, it was. And even Luke, 
like even I call him Luke, but you know, you know who Mark, Hamill. Mark Hamill. Yeah. Uh, he was even like not my Luke at first. And there are some moments where he's still kind of like, well, you know, he kind of hems and haws a little bit and has yeah. feelings both ways. But in my personal opinion, absolutely the same Luke. Yeah. I can go into that, but we've gotten into fights about that in our Star Wars RPG game and it's totally derailed our campaign for hours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's fun. No, it's fun. It's good. Good nerd rage. Oh, like Luke. Luke was trained by Yoda. When stuff's going wrong in your world, you, you sequester on an island and... far away and swampy as you can get it. I know. Like, that's what, that's what I, like, I don't get, like, how do people not make that connection? Yeah. How do they not make that connection? Same way with Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan did the same thing. Yeah. He went and was very reclusive. <laughs> well, so... I'm going to, I've got so many different points of impact for the Millennium Falcon just because you grew up on Star Trek, I grew up on Star Wars. Yeah. I know that you watched it and you really enjoyed it, but you you really Star loved... Star Trek was like my everyday at dinner right. time that, thing. And Millennium... you enjoyed it and you yeah. loved it. And yeah. You... New Hope was like, dad needs to go mow the lawn, let's plop the kids down. It was kind of like your Indiana Jones movies, yeah. right? I mean, you yeah. really enjoyed them. It was a great adventure tale, but it wasn't like live and breathe. And yeah. I kind of lived and breathed Star Wars for a while. Y'all, if you don't know her in person... The number of Star Wars tattoos that she has, she lives and breathes. Yeah. I mean, my handle is Darth Crow. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) So, (laughs) completely side note, but um, Darth, R-E-V-A-N, is not pronounced Raven. Oh. I thought it was, but like all the nerds, correct me, always say Ravon or something like that. I don't know. I've heard different pronunciations, but none of them are Raven. And I don't care. It's still Raven, and that's more about Darth Crow. I like Because I'm Crow. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, I love Darth Crow. So, I, my very first, very first impact was obviously when I was really little. Mm-hmm. But my, mine is very loosely connected to yours. Because I don't watch, if it's a movie I like, I love the movie theater. And I'm throwing money at the movie theater, mm-hmm. even though, you know. I can't go sometimes, but I'm still there. I'm, I'm that person who's a, a huge theater advocate. There's a time and place for in person and are, are on your TV and in the movie theater. I don't watch movie trailers oh. for movies that I love unless it's on the big screen. So, like, you'll watch a trailer if you are at the movie theater. Correct. But you will not watch a trailer, like, on I, I skip the channel, Facebook I hide or, it, I delete yeah. it, I mute it, I walk away. Nice. I don't watch trailers for movies that I want to watch on tiny screens, air quote tiny screens. Okay. I just don't. I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. So, that one got leaked. Force Awakens got leaked. Yeah. And I went and purposely went and watched a movie on Black Friday just to be able to see the teaser trailer. Oh. And the te- the teaser trailer when it got released was the one that was the, like, it was the Millennium Falcon swoosh. Yes. Like, that's all you saw yeah. in it. And it was just the light bar and the, and the swoosh away. And I had chills all over. I've got chills right now. I had chills all over my body. I started, I burst, about it. I burst into tears. I was the only person at a 9 a.m. Black Friday Regal movie theater. <laughs> And it was just, it was just huge for me. Yeah. And when, when that same moment happened, when Ray saw it and I was like, oh, that's amazing. But when it swooshed, when she took off in it, I started ugly crying so bad. There were multiple times when I was ugly crying. When the person, there were, there was a couple behind me in the, in, in episode seven (laughs) and they kept like leaning over. It was the, like the Rocky recliner chairs and they keep leaning up and patting me on the shoulder (laughs) like multiple times throughout the movie. I, it's just, it's just, it's something to me. And I have the Millennium Falcon on my collarbone. Yeah. That my, my living nephew is driving 
the Millennium Falcon through the stars of my Aww. passed away nephew's constellation. Yeah. So, like, it's just, the Millennium Falcon, in fact, Millennium Falcons had a huge impact. And, like, needles all through my personal history, yeah. family history, social history. And, I like, to hear people on podcasts, to hear people in YouTube shows, to hear people at conventions, to hear people talk about this ship. Yeah. Is just pure magic. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's another reason I'm obsessed with this book summit. Because, <laughs> like, I want somebody like me, or I want somebody like Garen, or I yeah. want somebody like Tom, or somebody that's just in it. Well, and so I, I was recently observing a debate. <laughs> You're lurking on a debate. <laughs> Lurking on a Reddit thread about whether or not um, Star Wars or Star Trek was better. And people were bringing arguments to the table about, like, story continuity and expanded universe and which one was better sci-fi or which one was better fantasy. And people were, like, hardcore falling on, like, Star Wars is a fantasy, not a sci-fi but when you look at the technical specifications for these ships, when you look at how they addressed warp speed or hyperspeed or, or any of those things, like, Star Trek and Star Wars are pretty hand-in-hand. Hand. And I'm going to upset some nerds when I say that. But, like, they really are. And my favorite thing about how the Millennium Falcon does its, it's hyperspace jump type thing. Like, in, in Star Trek... It's warp speed. It's warp speed. But, like, a lot of times you'll you'll get, like, the, the flashing lights across the screen. But, like, that's not the focus of Star Wars. Right. Or Star Trek. But in Star Wars, like, they're in the middle of, of warping out of somewhere, hyper jumping, whatever. And, like, stuff goes wrong in the middle. Like, Han Solo's having to actively, like... Fix this thing. Here's an alarm. Let's, like... Three droid brains. Three droid brains, yeah. Once I heard that and read that and saw that and I was like, what the... What? Yeah. I was like, no wonder the hyperdrive is like, nope, not today. <laughs> I kind of want a fan fiction now about one of the droids having a bad day, like one of the brains, and being like, going rogue today. You and will love L3. L3... Especially in Solo, was all about droids' rights. It was Hermione with Spew. Ooh. You're going to love L3. Okay. L3 is the one who's like, nope, not today. Nice. (laughs) And I would also like to see that fanfic. And then we will we will talk about it. That yes. will be one. We will, if you will write the fanfic, we will review it. <laughs> if, if you all know of a fanfic that someone has already written, also send it our way. As long as there's not any dildos. No, we, we don't. have to keep clean on for Apple. Yeah, stuffs. Apple. Yeah. We don't want. We don't want any shipping between the ship droids and the ship. No shipping on the ship, please. Then you might not need to watch Solo after all. Oh, no, I'm totally fine with... I'm saying, like, fanfics. I don't want, like, anybody sticking things in ship orifices or any, like, y'all leave that somewhere on the dark <laughs> side of the internet. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up one more thing. Uh, House of Mouse has a life-size replica of the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. And it's amazing. I have a picture in front of it. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. And I got to ride the Is ride. Is it part of their new galaxy? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And two, I was very nice to two old people, and 
they cut in front of us in line right before we walked into the ride. We didn't know that they were going to be paired with us. They got paired with us and took the pilot seat and then crashed us. Didn't know. Had never watched Star Wars. They were really big jerks. Super jerks. And they were mean about it. And they wouldn't let us up there. So I had, I like, I put a hex on those two old people. I don't care. I have no shame. (laughs) I hope they get locked in carbonite by Jabba the Hutt. I wish that they stepped on Legos and stuff like that for the rest of their life. (laughs) Uh, If any of you want to check out the Millennium Falcon um, owner's workshop manual, uh, it's available at most major retailers and bookshops. I did learn there's also a Dart or a, a Death Star version. Cool. So you can also look. I'm going to guess that it probably has the same issues that we've complained about this one. Correct. Because it is a Haynes Death Star technical manual. But that would also explain why it's so easy to blow that Death Star up. I mean, <laughs> they blew up too. Yeah. Plus some other stuff. They, they used the same bad technical manual to build it the second <laughs> time. Well, I guess let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, so we are filming, filming, recording this yeah. during June. And we wanted to highlight something kind of near and dear to both of us for Mm -hmm. some other reasons. And I believe you would like to talk about it probably the most. I was really excited about it and you were, but you were really excited to see that it was up there. So shoot. Um, The first thing we're going to talk about is the Trevor Project. And the Trevor Project is the leading national organization providing crisis intervention and suicide prevention services to lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and questioning youth. Um, the Treasure Pro- Trevor Project um, is really important to me as a teacher, especially a teacher in southern, rural, borderline Appalachia, Bible Belt. Um, I interact with a lot of LGBT plus youth who are not always accepted by their family, uh, definitely not accepted by some of their community, and um, knowing that there is a resource out there for those kids, especially during summer months when they don't have their safe space classroom and their safe space teachers to talk to, is something really important to me. Um, for those of you that don't know, the suicide rates or attempted suicide rates for LGBT plus youth are higher than any other demographic. Um, and so these are kids that really need that resource. Um, especially when they are stuck at home for weeks and weeks on end. They they were one of my biggest concerned, or groups that I was concerned for when the pandemic shut everything down. And that's valid concern. There there are some staggering statistics coming, mm-hmm. about, uh, coming out about the shutdown, and we still don't even yeah. know the brunt of it yet. We know that a lot of domestic abuse went up. We know mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of situations went yeah. down that we still aren't even able to talk about yet because we don't have all the data. Yeah. But um, a, a lot of my students that are LGBT, um, they turn 18, and their parents immediately kick them out that day. Um, I had several students this past year living in cars. Um, I had several... St- yeah, it just... It makes me really sad, because if I had a home big enough and I was allowed as a teacher, like... I would just open my doors to every single one of them. But I'm not allowed as a teacher to open my doors to students. And my home's not big enough. And, and you donate to things like Trevor Project. And yeah. you are such a good... I know that you can't do those things that you want to do. And I know you beat yourself up about it. Because I know, I know the quality of person you are. And I know the quality of teacher you are. And they both exceed whatever you guys are even imagining. <laughs> I promise you that. 
And I know that it breaks your heart for that. And so I'm really happy that we can promote well, a, a group like the Trevor Project. For, and for listeners like you that don't know, I'm moving virtual this year. So, like, I won't even be in person to check on those kids. So I'm trying to think of ways that I can, like, make my background. Because for those of you that also don't know, outside of our listening area, um, they have passed laws in our state that we're not allowed to talk about LGBT issues in schools anymore. Um, if we talk about it, we have to extend home 30 days prior written notice so that parents can choose to pull their kids out of that class that day. So we Which are, is disgusting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We are, disgusting. we are legislating away the safe spaces for our LGBT students in the state. And There so, are several other states that have also done similar practices, yes. Alabama and Mississippi. Yeah. But the, I live in Tennessee, and it pisses me off. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, how I can discreetly, like, tuck a little pride flag behind me. In my virtual can everything? Can you do the rainbow decorations and all um, of that? I'm probably going like, to. Like, everything's just going to be in rainbow colors yeah. with the brown and black? Yeah. Because I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to do something visual behind me that is innocuous enough to get away with it. Yeah. But that the students that that speaks to will see it. That they'll know. And know. Yeah. So that is. Which is so sad. Yeah. It's so strange the the symbols that the the things that we have to look out for mm-hmm. to communicate with one another, and I'm pulling back a D and D reference, but like the thieves language, yeah, you know, with the the markings up. on the trees and yeah. do I see can I can I see this on do I do I see anything any friendly yeah. symbols around me to where I can talk to people I'm thieves canting my rainbow everywhere yeah I yeah. mean that's like I think that that's a great idea and I think that's if anyone can do it you can do it yeah. <laughs> so there's a second organization that we want well to I want to talk a little bit oh, more yeah, about Trevor Project just for, for a quick it. second because the reason why I put it up was outside of being a teacher is. I was at a, a, a game night recently, mm-hmm. and it broke my heart into a million pieces because I said somebody looked like Nymphadora Tonks, and it immediately shut down the jovial, awesome oh. conversation that we were having because I was in a very heavy pride group. Oh. And I completely understand why, because J.K. Yeah. Rowling has turned into a social abomination Mm -hmm. she isn't I don't her words that come out of her in real life don't resonate with me and don't resonate with her message of Harry Potter and not with most of the Potterhead community absolutely not I mean she like the Potterhead community was pivotal for making people feel more included and for Mm -hmm. Choosing love over evil. Well, she, and... she even, like, very adamantly post-book series was like, oh, yeah, Dumbledore's totally gay. Like, right. she had no problem marketing on that. Right. But then her nastiness just got yeah terrible. And I totally understand, but Daniel Radcliffe brought the Trevor Project to my attention mm-hmm. as the person who was a huge advocate and he's like you know what the stories are still yours Mm -hmm. don't let her take these away don't let these words take that away don't let that magic don't let that place don't let her take home away from us and he he put forth the trevor project and put that in my light and he wrote an op-ed and put it up on their page Mm -hmm. and is been a very vocal still to this day he donates a lot of money to the trevor project and a lot of his time and that's why i wanted to put it Mm -hmm. up on there so i wanted to say i'm I'm sorry about the J.K. Rowling crap, because that sucks, and I'm with you. I totally am there, but I personally am not going to give up mm-hmm. 
the Potterhead fandom because of her. I didn't give up Kill Bill because yeah. of Quentin Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino and yeah. Weinstein. I you know? saw another op-ed, and I wish that I remembered the author's name, but Tom Farmer published it on his, well, Arthur, shared Arthur it. Tom Farmer, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it talked about the, the fact that, like, it's okay to still love the source material and acknowledge... And criticize the authors who created them. And he talks about, like, historical authors like uh, Fitzgerald and even Shakespeare. Like, Shakespeare was a known anti-Semite, a known racist. I mean, H.P. Lovecraft, we've talked about that on air. Right, so it is okay to still love Harry Potter, but address and confront and criticize jk rowling yeah so and so that another reason why we are promoting and promoting and promoting as much as we can for those who can't yep which leads us straight to our next promotion the trans empowerment project yes the or well the knoxville chapter yes we're, we're gonna share both in our source links just so you all know so the trans empowerment project was actually founded here in knoxville which is really cool um, that is. <laughs> but it's become a national organization. So um, we're going to be sharing the Knoxville chapter page. Um, but it's really awesome that a national organization that helps um, trans folk started here in Knoxville. Um, but they focus largely on the needs of trans and gender nonconforming folks in East Tennessee. It's really cool. I really like their webpage. They've got a really good, they've got abolishing white supremacy, they've got project resources. They've got different events. They've got action where you can volunteer. You can become a community outreach. You can become one of the people that goes and does. They've got a shop mailing list. It's it's a really thorough page. They've done a really good job with it. Just like the Trevor Project, they all do. But this, I just like you said, it's out of Knoxville, Tennessee. So it just really impresses me when something this and all the, the links work. Yeah. <laughs> and what I love about their website is the biggest thing on it is the request assistance today right button um they do not make it difficult if you are a trans person or nb person um to find that help me now button absolutely i mean it's dead center right there Mm -hmm. you can't miss it like if you and most people are right-handed and they put that right next to the right side where your mouse goes up and down so i it, it was it's perfect and they also have a um it says that they've got emergency resources in between 2018 and 2019 they were able to provide emergency resources for for 520 trans and gender non-conforming individuals nationwide which is really exciting Mm -hmm. and they've seen a huge fluctuation during COVID-19 so they they have had they've put a notice that it may take a little bit for them to respond but they are definitely Mm -hmm. going to get out to you but they still cite 48 hours and I don't know if any of you have tried to get government assistance for like housing or anything like that but like the federal government is on like a three-month backlog so the fact that this organization is able to get to you in 48 hours is incredible absolutely I mean that's a that's a really good point to to note to note for everyone listening they also have so many different allyship mm-hmm. groups and resources and i i really like that a lot too how to be a better ally which we all need as as we yes. keep bringing that point home oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> we all need to be better allies including ourselves like mm-hmm. that's something that i'm constantly working on is yeah. how to be a better ally so i think this is a great a great resource we're going to have both the main page and the facebook chapter group 
um, up on our source links as well as the Trevor Project page. And yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. So, so thank you all for listening with that part and to to be like we've there's a saying here in the south all y'all means all y'all means all <laughs> yes. and some group has recently co-opted that yeah and has made that like a thing like they're trying to like make that a thing i think it i might be completely misspeaking here but i know that um free mom hugs has been posting that a lot through some of their imagery yeah no there's a corporation oh, and i wow. can't remember if i can find it i'll put it up okay. on our facebook page but yeah it's been it's been a little i'm like yeah. come on y'all we've we've been saying that for, for years here <laughs> well but it yeah. is time to roll yeah let's get let's get some reading action all right Ooh, holy shnikes. Lucky number 13. Yes. That's what really are we exciting. Read? I'm really excited about number 13. Let me go pull it up. I just like 13. I think it's one of our, uh, like, our, like maybe a generic comic or popular comic or let me pull it up. Oh, don't forget to go ahead and roll for your drink. Oh, yes. It's a graphic novel, DM's Choice. All right. Well... I'm still in a super, like, pride mood. Uh, do we want to read uh, Be Gay, Do Comics? Is that that really big, giant one that came out? Yeah. I don't remember when that came out, but I remember you talking about it. It came out came earlier out. this year, I think. It's like a history-slash-satire-slash-comedic approach to LGBT I'm everything. totally down. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I know, and I remember you talking about it. I just don't, I don't remember, but the, I, I'm down. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, goodness. Cat hair. Inhaled cat hair. Okay, yeah, let's do it. All right, so drink time. Come on, lucky dice, give me something alcohol. I got a 12. White, white wine. Yeah. Oh, that's not the same thing. No, it doesn't work out. Um, white wine! <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Here's a dice for you to roll. Gracias. Cuatro. That's not good. Ah. Lager beer. Reroll that. I give you an inspiration. Thank you. I don't want another lager beer. Although, I didn't stay it on the air. I didn't drink bud. I drank two women. Oh. Which is a Wisconsin Glaurus nice. beer. Mmm. New mm. Glaurus. It's very good. All right. I rolled it on my laptop instead of the table that time, and I got a 14. Oh, so, good. I'm going to go with my laptop going forward. And a 14 for me is a local craft beer, which I'm much more on board with. I, I like that we have now rolled a 12, 13, 14 for this session. Woo! I'm also starting to question <laughs> if my dice might be loaded. It's metal. Yeah. Is that the one that Garen got you? Yeah, but this is the one that you repainted. Oh, yeah. Maybe well, do you think my, my more paint, paint differential? Yeah. Maybe there's slightly <laughs> more paint on some sides <laughs> than others. Well, I don't know. We roll pretty low yeah. on some of our That's other true. rolls That's when true. we use that sucker. But yeah, we'll switch it up. We'll switch die next time. All right, so I'm actually pretty excited about yeah. all of this. Well, it looks like we'll be reading Be Gay, Do Comics next time. We had another fun one-off today here at Adventure Seed Podcast. Follow our quest, Adventure Seed Podcast, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and wherever you get podcasts. All three words. Adventure Seed Podcast. Woo-woo. Sorry, I'm excited. Uh, may the dice always be in your favor. Roll well. Thank <laughs> you.